is in here. All right. We were right on about that one. I was right about that one. All right. Our next one is our uh, one that we touched with after washing our hands with soap and water. Oh. It's still clean. Still completely white. <laughs> or the preservatives like protected it, you know. <laughs> on the back as well. <laughs> we can okay. just say we had really good soap. Do we remember which yeah, soap? I mean, we it's used? good for the soap industry, right? Are right, you guys ready for our third one? This oh, is yeah. the one we touched after washing our hands with hand sanitizer. Oh. It's got yellow, it's got gray, it's got oh. green, there's furry things on there. If that's the sanitizer, oh, sanitizer, I don't want to see the dirty. All right, you sanitizer. guys ready? It doesn't work. This is our favorite one here. The dirty slice. You ready? Oh my gosh. One, two, three. What? What? It's totally white. Nothing what? happened to it. <laughs> you sure didn't switch that? There you go. If anybody wants to write in and tell us what the heck happened, <laughs> we would love to hear from you. Yes. Let us know what happened. What's this all about? Why are they doing that? What's going on here? It's Curious John. What is he curious about today? It's a rare person who, in the midst of a historic crisis, stops to think about how future generations will look back on what's still unfolding. Unless, of course, that person is in the history business. The people at the National Museum of Taiwan History, for instance, know that the best time to start a new collection of historical artifacts is before they become historical in the first place, before people have a time to catch their breath and throw away many objects linked to some event. That's why, early in the year, when it became clear that COVID-19 was about to become the sort of thing people would one day look back on, the museum staff was already primed to create a new collection for posterity. The museum's Zheng Wanlin is here today to explain how this COVID-19 collection is taking shape, why, despite concerns, the museum is not taking much-needed medical supplies, and what objects from the times we live in are still on the museum's wish list. The National Museum of Taiwan History hasn't been on the scene for that long. It only opened in 2011. But from the beginning, it's been just as committed to preserving Taiwan's ongoing contemporary history as it's been to telling stories from further back in the past. For instance, in 2014, just as students were protesting a proposed trade deal with China and occupying the legislature, the museum quickly started gathering protest-related memorabilia. Then, in 2016, when a deadly earthquake ripped through Tainan, the museum's home, staff were soon gathering objects that could one day be used to retell the story of the disaster and Taiwan's response. Documenting Taiwan's history as it happens is part of what the museum does. The museum staff started seriously talking about COVID-19 after the Lunar New Year in late January. And on April 1st, they launched an official call for objects, stories, and other forms of documentation. The reaction has been largely positive, but some have expressed concern that the museum might be accepting surgical masks and protective gear, things Taiwan still doesn't have enough of to spare. Ms. Zheng says these concerns are unfounded. While it's true that the museum has gotten in touch with mask-making factories and other suppliers, it has specifically asked them not to send anything until after the pandemic is over. 
The first objects the museum collected came right from around its neighborhood in the southern city of Tainan, and the donors were staff members themselves. For instance, one museum researcher specializing in folk religion got temples to donate handwritten notices telling worshippers to stay away, along with a few remarks attributed to the temple's main gods. Eventually, though, items from all over Taiwan started coming in, and not necessarily the sort of things you'd expect. For instance, there was a T-shirt. This was donated by a pharmacy in northern Taiwan. It's become the uniform of all the people who work there since the pandemic started. That's because the shirts are printed with suggested times for coming in to buy face masks. There are also some friendly reminders about the do's and don'ts of buying masks. The idea behind these shirts was to keep pharmacy customers from coming in all at once and crowding together, something the pharmacy especially doesn't want because they also fill prescriptions for patients from local hospitals. The museum invites donors to attach a description of their feelings about the objects they're giving away and the times in general. That way, people can one day look back, and instead of just seeing a bunch of objects and hearing about how the government responded, they can also see how ordinary people got on with their lives. So far, the collection amounts to more than 100 items donated by around 30 to 40 companies, government agencies, and individuals. There are tickets to concerts, exhibitions, and plays that never happened, and other similar objects that tell small stories about how life suddenly changed for many people. Then there are items that tell a big story, things like a copy of an ad placed in the New York Times calling for Taiwan's inclusion in the WHO. It isn't just physical objects either. The museum's also inviting people around Taiwan to send in photos, sound files, and videos that help tell the story of Taiwan's experience with COVID-19. So far, they've gotten things like footage of a school band playing to an empty hall. The audience couldn't be there, but the children's show still had to go on. This will all be archived on various museum web pages. And while it will only be able to show photos at first, there's also going to be a special COVID-19 page set for launch in June. In particular, the museum's looking forward to hosting photos of one object that started appearing everywhere in the last few months. I'm talking about cartoons of the health minister sitting at a desk, giving a press briefing. You can print them out, color them in, cut out the shape of the minister and his desk, and paste it over cardboard to create a 3D model. It sounds a bit odd, but they're really popular, especially because the health minister has become a bit of a celebrity. I've seen them in restaurants, in animal shelters, on people's work desks, and in a post office. I think the reason these are popular is because they come with a quote bubble that you can fill in with whatever you want. People have wasted no time making the health minister say all kinds of things. And because he has a lot of clout and authority these days, when people fill in the quote bubble with, please line up, please don't touch the animals, or even eat more vegetables, people actually listen. As you can tell, the museum has a lot to sort through already. But it still has its eyes on a few especially rare and collectible items. Items that, for Taiwan at least, have come to define the past few months. 
，就是我们馆很希望去收中央流行疫情指挥中心的相关物件，包括指挥官或者他们工作人员穿的那个背心。First, there are the distinctive yellow vests worn almost every afternoon for months now by members of the Central Epidemic Command Center during their daily press conferences, tallying up the latest new cases. With nothing new to report for many days now, these daily press conferences are winding down. But the daily ritual of watching them is something people will find hard to forget. Apparently, the museum has an appointment to talk about getting one of these vests scheduled for June first. 另外一个就是，据观众印象，就是我们之前开打的宗旨嘛，就是无观众的状况。这天他们用了一个假人。Then there are the cardboard cutouts of baseball fans, featuring the faces of real fans that were used to fill empty stands at the games of the Nakten Monkeys, one of Taiwan's pro baseball teams. When Taiwan's baseball season started earlier in the year, they were the only ones playing anywhere in the world. Now that fans are being allowed back into Taiwan's baseball stadiums, these cardboard fans are no longer needed, and will serve to remind people one day of the creative lengths Taiwan's people went through to keep life ticking along. The museum is set to be closed for a long time as it undergoes renovations, so it's not yet clear when the final collection will be ready for display. It's also not clear how it will be displayed. After all, even once the museum does reopen, it will probably still be too soon for a COVID-19 exhibition. But Ms. Zhang says that some of the items in the still-growing collection are likely to make their debut as soon as the museum reopens. 重新开馆之后会有一个叫做离岛展，离岛展主要是在讲离岛跟离的，除了一个具体的台湾的外岛。That's because the theme of the first exhibit planned after the reopening is isolation, and COVID-19 has certainly caused a lot of that. The rest of the items will likely wait in the museum's archives until finally, once people have started to forget about this time, the collection will be ready to re-emerge and tell the story we're living through right now. Hopefully, also how we got through it. I'm curious, John, and I'll see you again next week. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Sometimes when you walk around at night in Taiwan, you'll hear this strange percussive noise coming from people's houses. It sounds like a lot of small hard things colliding with each other. Now you'd be forgiven for thinking that everyone has rock collections and that they take aggressively good care of them, moving them around and even washing them. But those are definitely not rocks. Although you could use them to make a lot of money. I'm Andrew Ryan, and in today's Ear to the Ground, I bring you into a little hut behind my friend's house, which is used exclusively for people making this clacking noise. 贴紧台湾的羊耳朵 ，an ear to the ground.
You can usually hear this clacking sound in the middle of the night, and it's often heard around the clock during the Chinese New Year time. Have you guessed what it is? Well, it's the sound of mahjong tiles. That's my friend Humi asking her parents' friends if I can watch them play. They ask me if I know how to play, and of course, like any smart person who only has played a couple of times, I say that I don't. They ask Humi if she wants to play, and she makes a quick excuse saying that she doesn't want to become addicted. And then she escapes to the bathroom. She's smart too, because it is addictive. That's why her family has a little hut that's reserved just for playing mahjong, and sometimes the game lasts all night long, and then all the next day, and sometimes, like during the Chinese Lunar New Year, it lasts for days at a time. Now, of course, it's not always the same people. They switch in and out and go home, or maybe take a shower or eat something. Although those activities are optional too when you're playing mahjong. Now, aside from the sound of the clacking mahjong tiles, it's almost silent inside this little hut. You can hear a little electric fan whirring in one corner, and they occasionally mutter something under their breath. But even the little poofy white dog sitting on one woman's lap is completely silent. The four players sitting at each side of a square table each have a little wooden rack with tiles in front of them. That's their hand. Now there are three suits in mahjong: money or circles. Bamboos and characters, and then there are the winds and the flowers and seasons and other characters too. At the center of the table, there's a square of tiles stacked too high, sort of like the four walls of a castle. The players take from one end and then discard in the middle. I've never seen anyone move quite as quickly as they're moving, and in fact, they don't even need to look at the tiles. All it takes is touching the face to know what it is. And suddenly, just like that, somebody wins. They begin to remove money from their personal stashes, which are kept in a little drawer on each side of the table. And of course, they hand it over to the winner. And then it's time to wash the tiles. Now, of course, they don't use water to wash the tiles. They just turn them face down and then begin moving their hands over them in big circles, colliding them up against each other. That's the part that sounds like someone maintaining their rock collection. After a little while, I stand up to leave and I thank them for letting me watch. I tell them that by watching their hands and how quickly they play, they look highly skilled. But they correct me: they're not just highly skilled; they're professionals. And certainly, some people do make enough money off of mahjong to make it a full-time job. Soon enough, they're setting up the castle walls in the middle and drawing tiles, having moved seamlessly straight from one game into the next. And as I leave, I can't help but think about how Taiwanese parents always complain that their kids spend too much time playing computer games. It's something the parents the world over say. But watching these parents play mahjong, I can't help but wonder what their kids say about them. The upside is, it's supposed to help ward off Alzheimer's. So you can keep that one in mind the next time you need an excuse to play mahjong. With the near to the ground, I'm Andrew Ryan. 
pull yourself together already. It's time to feast. Sit down at the table with Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu on Feast Meets West. Hello, hello! Welcome to the feast. This is Ellen Chu, and this is Andrew Ryan. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I am looking forward to the flower market. Yeah, the flower market. Uh huh. Have you been able to go to a flower market in、of、the past、course. couple months? Well,、mm. not in the past couple months. Maybe during their. Oh, I know when. It was during March. March.、Mm-hmm. Okay. Very nice. Yes. We've been very fortunate in Taiwan to be able to go to markets.、Mm-hmm. Uh, businesses have stayed open straight through the pandemic、mm-hmm. uh, because we've had a low number of cases. I know that in a lot of parts of the world, the flower markets have actually been closed. Really? Yeah, which is really sad. So what are they going to do? I hope somebody was watering the flowers. Well, I guess you know the the flower farmers are still going to be taking care of the flowers, but. How are they going to make money? I don't know.、Mm. I don't know what's happening inside the shops. If、I、you、know. have a lot of flowers that were already cut,、mm-hmm. or you know, on the shelves, or in、I、the guess, refrigerator you know, cases, you could still buy online. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so.、Mm. Um, but yeah, we are very fortunate. I, do they do they sell like mudan at the flower market? Peonies.、Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very strange request.、Uh, I don't know. Why are you、Do、looking、they? for mutan? Yeah, I just th- saw some photos of people, you know, decorating their house with punies. Must have them then. Yeah, they're pretty. Super pretty.、Mm-hmm. Is this the new it flower? I guess. Oh my goodness! It flower. Oh, let's get our hands on some. <laughs> I know puny. Let's puny. do like a show on it, so you will get it. <laughs> Wait, are we supposed to eat them? <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, maybe we can eat them. <laughs> have you had? Have you had like tea bags with different kinds of flower? Yes, like shochuhua, shochuhua, or like chrysanthemums, right? Osmanthus,、mm, maybe punies. Um, I'm gonna do a little search right、okay. now, and then、uh, you can make me puny tea bags. Puny, I can make you small ones like <laughs> puny tea bags. <laughs> <Yeah> . Puny. <laughs> Are peonies edible? Is that what I'm gonna say?、Mm-hmm. Shall I ask? Why don't I ask Siri? That'll be、okay. faster. Come on, Siri. Are peonies edible? No, it says pennies. <laughs> According to Practical Self Reliance, while the roots and seeds are also edible, the blossoms are the most commonly used part used these days. Oh, look! Oh well. Why don't you make me a dish with peony? Somebody says they impart beautiful pink color to jellies in cocktails, and they taste just like they smell. Why don't you make something <laughs> with puny? Might be hard to like, you know, whip something up before the end of today's show, but not today. But you know, in the future, near show. <laughs> How about I put that on my list of things to do? Yes, you know, I always have my wish list, the shows I want to do, and then you know,、yes. he whip it up for me. Okay, I, I often do that. We often do that. We have at least two things on the on our list from like last week and this week. We've got、uh, coffee jelly,、mm-hmm. and we have peony something. See, we have you know several shows that we can record already. Which would you rather eat? Coffee jelly. Thank you. That's the easy one. <laughs> no, and I want puny, a challenging one. We often seek for challenges in our show. What if I put peony? F- 
petals on your coffee jelly. Oh, that would be good. Uh, good. Yeah, All two right. in one. But why do you want to waste like one, you know, two things in one show? This is true. This is very good. I should stretch right? it out. I should max it out. You should max it out. Max okay? it out. Try to see, you know, what they use for the petals. Stir fry it. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Can you imagine how ugly they would look after you stir fry them? How about like steam it? I think it should be. No, I don't think it should be steamed. That'll wilt. I think it should fry. be. Air fried. I don't have an air fryer. I have the air fryer. All right. We'll do air fried okay. <laughs> peonies at Peony Ellen's leaf. house. <laughs> Peony leaves, huh? I think we should do something with the flower. I think they should be encased the flower, the flower. in something. It should be encased in a like a beautiful Gela- gelatin. gelatin mold. Uh-huh. Oh, I said mold. Okay. Mold, okay. How about we uh, we go to the flower market first? Okay. And figure it out. Let's do that. All right. Let's check out what is on our menu today. Okay. In our first course, we're currently in the middle of a two-week micro-season called Xiaoman, Fullness of Grain. We'll tell you what kind of food are in season here in Taiwan. Alrighty, in our second course, I'm going to head to the flower market in search of some herbs to boost our immunity. Woo-hoo. And I'm going to be talking with uh, one of my... Uh, favorite people at the market, Luo Lao Shi. She's going to be giving us all kinds of information. You have a Luo Lao Shi in the a, market already? I've got a connection, man. Okay. Ask her about puny. I will. Okay. <laughs> we'll be making a tea from those herbs, okay? That's right. We'll be sampling that in our third and final course. All right. But first, a song called Hua. Flower. And it's by... Kelan. 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 Much more to come when the feast continues.
first course. Alrighty, first course. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wow, I should be eating uh, more of those herbs to keep my voice uh, intact. Me too. Well, of course, we're going to come into our micro season first, okay? It's called Xiaoman Foods in Season. And of course, during May, there will be like Wu Yue Tao. Yes, and in fact, I'm going to give you one right now. Ooh. So, are you ready for this? Let's do it. I have washed this so you can eat it directly. Wu Yue Tao, those mm-hmm. little, ooh, cute. Love it. Ooh, little furry little peaches. So cute. It is a little bum bum. <laughs> it's a little bum bum. Oh, it smells good. It smells good, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Okay, I'm going to take a photo of this. Okay, you take a photo of yourself, and then I'm going to come over, and I want to be in a photo with you. Is that okay? Can we do it? Let me consider. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. All right, take a little nibble of your May peach. These are from La La Shan, uh, which is a mountain. Mm. And that mountain is located where, Ellen Chu? Taoyuan. Taoyuan. I, I think, think it's Taoyuan. Taoyuan. Oh my goodness, Ellen Chu, that is a lot of juice coming a out lot of, of juice. your peach. It is Taoyuan. Right? Um, and the smell of it, it smells so nice. This is so much juice in there. It's so fragrant. Wow. It's so sweet. <laughs> this is really juicy, you know. This is uh, Wu Yue Tao, comes out in May. As of this past Wednesday, May 20th, we are now in a two-week micro-season known as Xiaoman, mm-hmm. Small Fullness of Grain. So where did you buy this? Um, some friends who live on La La Mountain wow. actually sent them to me. So nice. Look at him. Oh, perking his little lips up. Okay. That's right. Little All bum right. bum. It's so furry, too. Little bum bum. So what else do we uh, know about the period of time called Xiaoman, which is a two-week micro-season? Well, during this micro-season, basically, it is So the wheat is actually growing out. And it's gr- you've got ears on right. the grain, the, like ears that have grains and of wheat. And it's getting ready to be harvested. So in the middle of April, 四月中小满者物质于此小得盈满. So that means like, you know, everything is getting ready to be, be harvested. That's right. That's why they call it small fullness of grains. 小满贵,芒种岁. So 小满贵 is saying that uh, the... Xiaoman, which is a micro season, is kind of like a guizi, kind of like a closet. Uh huh. So a you cabinet. know, yeah, a cabinet. So uh, the mangzhong sui, which is the wheat, is filling it up. Mm, so filling up your your uh, your I guess your uh, grain your storage. food cabinet. Okay. Yes. Wow. So at this time of the season, it's getting into the. Uh, plum plum rains, rain yeah, and it's uh, very humid at this time of the year. It is, and a lot of rain. Have you seen like little moths flying around recently? Moths? Oh, I haven't Big seen one. the moths. Yeah. I've only seen the bai, the termites. No, I see the moth. 
Oh my goodness. What a season. I know. So other things that you can eat at this time of the year, you can eat burdock, which is that root that uh, is often seen in Japanese cuisine. Right. And um, it originally, it was grown in Africa or in the, you know, South Asia. Mm -hmm. And now around this time, we have chokwe coming in jai. So, Jai County, mm-hmm. uh, and in fact, it's um, almost 80% of them come from that part of Taiwan. Chou Kui Burdock, you know, it has the Chinese character of Chou, which is autumn. Mm. But every year, actually, we harvest them around March through November. Through November. Mm. So, 五月到九月, which is May till September, mm-hmm. is, is, a, is a full-grown season. That's the peak production. Right. Very interesting. Mm. Oof. So, uh, those are just a couple of things that you can have at this time of the year. And uh, I these peaches, man. They are watery. And burdock has another mm. name from the British. Actually, it's, it's a beautiful name. It, it's called the Beauty's Finger. Oh, Beauty Fingers? Mm-hmm. Lady Fingers. Lady Finger. Love it. Love I always it. thought that that was, um, that was uh, okra. Is what we call lady fingers. Um, it's not just like lady fingers, a beautiful lady, okay? Mm, beautiful right. fingers mm-hmm. of a lady. Uh-huh. All right, we're going to go into another swang. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I come back uh, in the second course, I'm going to bring you to the flower market All to right. meet Lola uh, but first, this is a song called Taozi, or oh. Peaches, and it's in the Hakka language. And it's sung by Xiao Pei Ru. It's a song by Xie Yu Wei. Okay. Much more to come on this big face we got here. Let's go to the market. Listening to Feast Meets West. Second course. We're back now on the second course of today's Feast Meets West. Now, recently I took a trip to a plant market near my place in Taipei. I was going there to visit Luolaoshi at a stall called Sangchun Nongchang or Sangchun Farm. Now, I call her teacher Luo because she's so knowledgeable about all the different types of herbs. And today, she's going to tell me about a lovely green plant with delicate leaves and a beautiful Chinese name. 
Fang Xiang Wan Chu, or literally, aromatic 10,000-year marigold. It's often called the Mexican marigold in English. It has a beautiful aromatic foliage which keeps away the deer, but the bees and the butterflies love it. This plant is also called stinky hibiscus in Chinese or peacock grass. It has beautiful golden flowers, she says. It comes from Mexico and Guatemala. There's a lot in Latin America, and now you can find them in a lot of places in Taiwan. If you transplant the cuttings and water it enough, it'll grow pretty easily. And what can it do for you? Well, she says they improve your hearing and sharpen your senses. You can use the leaves or even the flowers to make tea, she says. You can add other ingredients like red dates or goji berries. Add honey to make it a little sweeter. It's good for reducing your blood pressure, and you can put the leaves on a wound to help it heal. Drinking the tea can calm you down if you're stressed out, she says. And if you're calm, of course, that's good for your immune system. It's a natural insect repellent. It's very refreshing and can help you focus and improve your sleep. But Lolaoshi says it's best not to drink it right before you sleep because it's a diuretic. Two other things, it's a good antioxidant and both a natural natural antibiotic and disinfectant. As I stand there gazing at all her beautiful flowers and green plants, it occurs to me how lucky she is in this global pandemic to be surrounded by all the colors and fragrances of a flower market. Everybody is so nervous, she says. People are afraid to get sick. So, she says she's fortunate to be there in the middle of all those plants that are emitting phytoncides and invigorating our cells. If you drink teas made of plants, she says, that will wake up your cells and improve your immunity and protect you from illness. Mexican marigolds are also good for your lungs, she says, and that's important during the pandemic, which of course affects the lungs. You can put a pot on your balcony and make tea whenever you want to, she says. Again, that was Luo Laoshi, Teacher Luo from Sangchun Nongchang, or the Sangchun Farm stall at a local flower market in Taipei City. Now, in just a moment in our third course, we're going to be sampling Mexican marigold tea right here in the studio with Alan Chu. But first, another song. This is called Hua Cha, or Herbal Tea, and it's by Su Dalu, Soda Green. Shen 
So we have some leaves from this Mexican marigold, this Fang Xiang Wan Shou Ju. Some of them are dried leaves and some of them are fresh leaves. Wow. And I want you to have a smell of the fresh leaves. Okay. And then we're going to use them to make a little bit of a tea. Wow. Are you ready? Let's do it. Looks like marijuana leaf. Oh, Ellen Chu, don't say that on the air. <laughs> I so say that. what I've just done is I've taken some of the leaves and I've mm. packed some little tea bags full mm. of them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to add some hot water. Okay. Um, why don't you describe the taste and tell everybody uh, what these leaves do. And I'll be back in just a moment with two cups of tea. Okay. So basically, you know, uh, the leaf at first when... Andrew brought up to my nose. It didn't smell like anything, but after I kind of like, you know, rub it in between my fingers, mm, it has a, you know, tangerine smell to it. So it's kind of orangey. It's kind of fruity. And basically the leaves can make a pot of tea. And uh, it, you can add other ingredients like dates or goki berries. And you can add honey to make it a little sweeter, you know. But basically, it has a lot of good stuff that can really help you. And I think, you know, this is, this is really good. You know, going to the flower market and then he brought these leaves back. So I heard that it would be re- good for reducing your blood pressure and can put the leaves on a wounded area to help it heal. So it has some, you know, good healing remedies. And drinking the tea can calm you down. So let's see if it will calm <laughs> us down, okay? I'm if you're stressed sure. out and it brings you in a good mood and that's good for your immune system. It's I, a natural insect repellent. Oh, I need to hang that, rub that all over my body. Seriously. I don't know if this is going to calm us down. We're pretty uh, hyper people. But mm. It's probably going to take a minute for it to steep as well. I think, you know, after you add the hot water... 
the tangerine, you know, smell. It's almost out. like um, grassy. It has an herbal smell. It does. Okay. Do you think it's starting to uh, impart a little taste on the hot water? I think so. It's good. Mmm. Oh, I do feel relaxed. I you will do. say that. Just one sip? One sip, man. This is magic. I think so, too. It's totally magic, okay? But actually, to be honest, I like. I wonder if just drinking warm water just makes you relax. So, this leaf is called what in Chinese? It's called Fangxiang Wen Shou Chu. So, it's a Mexican marigold. Okay. Yeah. But it has a more beautiful name in Chinese, I think. Mm. Because it's like the aromatic or fragrant mm -hmm. uh, chrysanthemum of 10,000 years. Wow. <laughs> wow. But I think it's, a, I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting idea that you can go to a market and buy some herbs and enjoy the smells mm. and the colors and surround yourself with nature. I think, you know, drinking this and just walking around the flower market will boost up your immune system already because you're feeling calm, relaxed, and happy. Certainly puts you in a better mood, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. Mm. Mm. I'm starting to taste the flavor. It's coming out in the tea pretty strongly now. Mm. I think it almost has a bubblegum taste to it. I don't know why. You keep on saying that. Bubble gum, baby. Bubble gum. Really? Bubble and gum. Okay. I don't know. I'm just, I'm happy. Okay. <laughs> I think it's working. All right. It, it, it tastes kind of like chrysanthemum, too. It does taste a little bit like right? a chrysanthemum tea. Mm -hmm. I've never eaten marigolds or mm -hmm. tasted marigold flowers or leaves, but... Um, Me neither. We grew mm -hmm. up with them. I think that this is a different kind of marigold, though. Okay. Mm. Well, anyway, I think, you know, it is very soothing. It's very comforting. And, you know, with all these good remedies, I think, you know, you shake it. Hey, you know what? They have another name for it in Chinese. It's called chou furong. So chou furong. stinky hibiscus. Why? Apparently, some people don't like the smell. Deer uh, will actually, like the animal, they, they're repelled by it. Insect uh, insects can be repelled by it, but right. butterflies and uh, bees like it. Oh, so if you don't like butterflies and bees, I don't think you should be like you know <laughs> carrying it around you. Well, I think a lot of you need you need them to the bees to pollinate the flowers, right? It's true, but you don't want the bees to be like flying all over your face, right? They'll be distracted. I know they're interested in the marigolds, not in you. Right. I think it's good to keep them around. Okay. All right, so that's a little look at our trip to the market. Mm -hmm. I hope you enjoyed that. Hope very nice. I'm very calm now. You are very calm. Yes, and I think, you know, it's ready to say good night and goodbye. Good night and goodbye. <laughs> so P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Email us at androo at rti.org.tw. And next Saturday on a feast, join us for some mango pudding. Oh my goodness, you're going to make mango pudding for me? I am Ellen Chu. Oh, wow. You're going to have to wait on the coffee pudding. Okay. I'll go with mango pudding first. Mango pudding. Okay. Mangoes are in season, so we're going to do it up good. All right. I want mango. Here we come. <laughs> One final song today is called Wu Yue Shu.
雪 or May snow. And this is by Fang Junbing, Abing, and Qing Yuzi. And I think that this is a reference to the Hakka Tong flowers. I think because so. Because the white flowers fall from the trees and like snow. Like snow, right?、Yeah. And it's in the mid May. Yeah, we don't、mm-hmm. usually get snow in Taiwan. No, at least not in Taipei. Nope. But this might be our best shot. All right. So for Feasting Sauce, I'm Andrew Ryan, and this is Ellen Chu. We'll see you next week. Bye. 相聚只是一转眼，伤情离别，不过心头大了结。曾经沧海难为水，最无善的美，只愿为你眷恋。仲夏的情重。
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.